welcome to Seahawks Hang Time. I'm your host, John Ryan, joined by always as my co with my co-host Gregory Philip Woodman. Oh, it was so close. It was I there. know, it was so close. That was <laughs> really good. That was gonna be one of the better intros. <laughs> it was close. What's up, man? And then it just didn't happen. Dang it. One it of these days. Though. One of these days. Yep. Um, so you're in Eastern Washington. Yeah. Snowstorm. Snowmageddon. Snowmageddon's happening. How much do you have you had? Yeah. Are you, is it, has it come yet or are you getting it? They are predicting right now over a foot of snow today. So kids are, kids are home from school and, uh, we, we have a snow day and potentially tomorrow as well. Oh, I'm sure. So I'm I get sure. to do my favorite activity, which is shovel the driveway oh, in snow. You need a snowblower. I know I do. I, or one of those ride-on ones. Yeah, that would be totally overkill. <laughs> what's, the t- <laughs> what's the temperature like? Uh, let's see. It's twenty-six right now, with uh, lows oh. in the uh, like low single digits tonight. See, I, I like snow when it's like in the high twenties, low thirties. It, it, it's a, not a bad bad time. I mean, like I, I'm used to growing up. It was like minus twenty-five, minus thirty. Dude, when and we went snow. up to when we went to Banff a couple years ago, that's the coldest. That's real cold. Yeah, yeah, it can get really cold ne- up there. Negative, negative with wind, and yeah, it's not that bad. It's snowing. It's going to be fun. We're going to go uh, after after we're done today. We're going to go out and uh, take the kids sledding. So it'll be fun. Hey, that's fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's sixty two here today. I thought it was a little chilly. I wore a sweater this morning, but now stop complaining about that. <laughs> 62. No, 62 doesn't seem so bad all of a sudden. Not we're at all. We're supposed to get some rain coming up. We need rain. There's a big drought here. You definitely we're, need the rain. We're allowed to water our lawn. I mean, it's twice a week for eight minutes or something like that. That's crazy. So, and that's been that all summer. You just have to, we just sat here and watched our lawn die. Everyone's grass is brown, except for the Kardashians. Very green. <laughs> and they got, they got like a big fine by like the water police. Did they really? Yeah, and they even came in and put like restrictors on their water lines. Good. good. Yes, good. Absolutely. Screw them. Screw the Kardashians. Yeah, your Kardashian money's not for water. We <laughs> <laughs> so, just got through uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Big weekend over here. Yeah, but first, before even Thanksgiving, man, uh, I have to tell you a very, very happy birthday. Oh, uh, thanks, buddy. We're we're recording a little wait late this week because we had there was some celebrations happening. But tell me what you did with your uh, for your birthday weekend. Well, see, my birthday weekend's also Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, so they kind of go hand in hand, which I kind of love. And so we went up to Palm Springs on Tuesday the night before. So I was like, we I think I talked about this before. We left on Wednesday, and it's an absolute nightmare trying to get to Palm Desert on Wednesday. Yep. So we left Tuesday night. Uh, Sarah's like, just book whatever hotel. It's uh. Not it's just whatever. Stay, we're just sleeping there and leaving. So I booked us a night at the Margaritaville Hotel. As Let a Jimmy Buffett. You. Yes. Let me tell you. <laughs> yes, it was. We were just there to sleep. If anyone ever says, "Let's go to Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville Hotel," tell them you're sick. Make up a story. Don't go. It freaking sucked. It was awful. Even just to sleep, I was like, "This is awful." Why was it so bad? Uh, it was like a huge resort, and they they are they're playing like all the bars were closed. Like we we got we got it like just after ten. So we're like kids, Margaritaville, there's something like five bars on the resort. We'll be able to at least yeah. like drink. Yeah, 
everything is closed. But you know what they keep on around the pool, which is in the middle of the whole resort? They keep on the music until midnight. <laughs> so the thump, bars aren't thump, open? Thump, thump, Yeah. Wasted away again in Margaritaville. Bump, bump, all fucking night until midnight. It felt like we were just both playing because we want to go to sleep so bad. At this point, Sarah's mad at me, I think, because I booked the worst hotel. I felt, I felt awful. <laughs> so, Greg, that was night one of my birthday. Night two, we went out to uh, Sarah's uh, parents' place. They have a place in Palm Desert. Uh, just, you know, one of those 55-plus communities. Everything's around a golf course type thing. Just hung out with them. And it was really cool. Her dad used to be a, a sports editor for the Orange County Register. Okay. And so usually we only see them like twice, two or three times a year. And whenever we, we see them, we kind of, you know, we catch up and everything. But it was kind of, it was late at night, late-ish for that night, for what we'd done all day is drink. Nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. And Sarah fell asleep on the couch and my mother-in-law went to bed. So it was just him and I. So I got to ask him like all about like, he covered the 84 Olympics. He won a Pulitzer Prize for covering the Olympics in 84. Wow. Yeah. He was like, he was telling me all stories about him. It was just like, it was crazy because we were the Orange County so we had like three photographers and like five reporters and we were going up against the LA Times. We had like 29 photographers and like 36 reporters, something crazy like that. And then like beating them out for the Pulitzer Prize. So you just told that whole story. It's really cool because I've always wanted to ask them that. And then I go, who is the greatest athlete you ever interviewed? He said, I had a sit down two hour interview, just me and him with Muhammad Ali. All right. Wow. Like in the 80s. Dude, that is incredible. Yeah. He was, he was, no, he wasn't the greatest athlete I ever interviewed. He was the greatest person I ever interviewed. He was by far the greatest man, man I've ever met in my life. Wow. That was just really cool. Like, getting like those stories. And then I started asking about, he covered uh, the Rams. The Rams used to play in Anaheim. So mm-hmm. I was asking him about the Rams uh, when Eric Dickerson ran for 2,000 plus yards. And he yeah. covered that whole season. And just how cool that was. And just like just stories like that, I was like, oh, finally, let's like sit down with you, even though I've known you for nine years, and just we're not just catching up. I'm actually like picking your brain on stuff. So it's a long, long birthday weekend, Greg. Yeah. Thursday, I'm gonna put in a little little story. This is the craziest story ever, and it's not my story to tell. It's a family story on the in-laws side, but Sarah tells it on her podcast. Are you my podcast on the Patreon? So if you want to hear this crazy story, it's more of Sarah's story to tell. I'll tell Greg after, but it's a very, very crazy story. So anyways, we had a great Thanksgiving. We went to, uh, we had a bunch of Marines there at their club or whatever. Great Thanksgiving. Then my birthday is the next day. And obviously for my birthday, I want to go to a drag brunch in Palm Springs. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And so we met, we met up with some people. Well, it was Sarah and I had our own table. We just happened to have like other friends in town, and you actually know these people as well. But I'm not going to say their name until after as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we knew we knew the woman, and we met her sister. Both very nice, and they were with two people that um, just two people that should not have bottomless mimosas at 9:30 a.m. We all know those people. There's a lot of people that fall into that category. There's a lot of people, but you they come to your table and like twenty dollars bottomless mimosas. And we all know a lot of people that shouldn't do that. Yeah. But I was like, 20 bucks, might as well. One girl ran out crying at 10.15. No. She, she came back. I think the other guy ran into traffic at one point. <laughs> um, his, his husband had to come and get him. But we at that point, we were not anywhere near him. He just ran away. Oh, so, no. <laughs> but the, the drag brunch was so much fun. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a mess. But I had so much fun. Sarah and I went to a great dinner. 
it was just a it was a really good birthday. Then, That's all. I I will tell you this as someone who is hang out with you uh for for any normal uh person uh you cannot prepare to drink with 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 John and Sarah and it's not a bad thing it's just you're you're a professional in well, when it comes to drinking and handling your alcohol and I have been in I have been in those situations with you before where it's not even going crazy. It's just kind of hanging out and drinking with you. But it's if you're not prepared, it can yeah. catch up on you real quick. Well, we really approach it as a marathon. But I yeah. knew this guy. This guy was coming in hot. He goes, "It's your birthday. Come to the bar." And buys me two double shots of Fireball. Oh God! And this, I must have had seventy-five pounds on this guy. And so he's sitting there. I was like, "Buddy, this is not going to end well for you." No. And it did not end well for him. John, anyways, I, I know if, if someone, when anyone asked me what you're like or what you do, I, I was like, this is literally what he does. He works out, he kicks footballs, and he drinks. <laughs> and that's on a, on a regular basis. And he's got 15, 17, 20 years of experience. And if you aren't up for that, you don't get involved. Go at your own pace because it's not going to end well. You meet up with me later, and then you start. That's yes. better. Yes. Oh, that's really funny. So that, you that also, was my thing. You went to a game too, didn't you? Uh, last night I went to the Seattle Kraken. We're in town. Nice. You got the sweater on. Yep. Um, Seattle Kraken. We're in town, so I had to go there here in LA. Sarah got me tickets for my birthday. Got me a sweater. Uh, so I was really pumped to go there, and it was one of the craziest hockey games I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Final score was nine to eight. Seattle won in overtime. I did not know that that was the score. There were 17 goals. Like, halfway through, it was like 5-4. to I'm like, this is crazy. And it just kept on going and going and going. Wow. Like, Sarah watched a little bit of hockey, but she's like, this isn't normal, right? I'm like, this is not normal. 17 goals in a hockey game? That's really cool. That's a a fun game to be at. It was really fun. It was really fun. Especially, it's always fun when you're like the road road fan and you win. Yeah, because this one, this one guy behind us was giving me crap the whole time. Like, like fun, like joking. Yeah. Like I went after the game, went up and like, like gave him like a like a, a bro hug because it was just like funny <laughs> of him taking jabs at me every time I walked down the stairs. So, uh, but it's always fun on the to win on the road. Oh, yeah, that's awesome! Fan. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're in the right stadium, that's always the thing. Is I yeah. feel like in show you're probably in pretty good company, but not yeah. Not in a... A, tu- a Tuesday night in LA, you're fine. Yeah, uh, a Sunday afternoon in Oakland. Uh, we played nope. Oakland on. We played Oakland on Halloween afternoon. I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, I was scared. The player, I'm down here with security. I don't need yeah. any family at this game wearing a Seahawks jersey. No, no, thank you. Yep, I got you. Yeah, that that that, that sounds like fun, man. That's a great. I'm glad you yeah, had such great. a good uh, birthday weekend. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, man. Honestly, it was one of the. Uh, it was a smaller gathering than we normally do. We had. Uh, it was just we went over to my mom's house, and then we had uh, my cousins come in to t- for dinner, and that was it. It was just uh, seven of us, and it was a good dinner. We had a good time. It was nice to be around family and very chill. And it was nice, you know, when we used to live over on the Seattle side. You know, you had all the family there and stuff, and and all those holidays became. Sometimes it would be hard because you'd have to go see both families and then you're driving, you know, hours one way, have have a dinner, then drive another hour and a half, then have another dinner and then drive home and kids are tired. And just being able to go and kind of have a chill uh, Thanksgiving, watch football. Kids were great. Like it was it was good. It was a lot of fun. 
That's good. It, it, it's more fun when it's just relaxing to me. It is, and, and it's not always relaxing. And so to have a have one go through, and it was it was as chill as could be. I honestly appreciated it. All right, staying on this topic a little bit, Black Friday and Cyber Monday. I feel like Black Friday shopping has died down a little bit because now Cyber Mondays. Do you know why they call it Black Friday? No. Because back in the day, that's usually where retail stores go from in the red to in the black for the year. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I might have made that up. You might have to oh, fact check me. But I think it's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I only shop online. Like, I don't remember the last time I was in a The only time I ever go to a mall, I think, is when you go to, like, the Apple store to get something fixed. Yeah. Or, or to get a new phone. I think that's the only time. Or you need last... something, like, that day. Like, you need it now. Yeah. And the last time I was in the Tuckwilla Mall, I ended up in the back closet because they they locked it down because they thought that there was an active shooter. So, oh, good. Shout grief. out to Tequila. No, Tuckwilla. <laughs> I needed Tequila after being in the back closet at Apple when I'm trying to get a freaking computer uh, fixed. But yeah, I'm I did with get, you there. I, I got a lot of stuff on Cyber Monday. What's your best of... purchase? What's your best thing that you're excited about? Okay, Greg, you'll be excited about this. Three, this is for my Christmas party, which you, you, you're going to come to. Yes, sir. Three custom-made neon signs measuring about four feet wide, about three feet high. Okay. The first one is just a face of the Grinch. <laughs> the, the second one is, it says, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Oh, man. And the third one says, you'll shoot your eye out. That is awesome. <laughs> and it was, it was I, I thought I was gonna have to spend like a crazy, crazy amount of money, and they had twenty percent off. So I'm like, I gotta get all three. That's awesome! I'm excited yeah. to see this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, always, always getting ready for the Christmas party. It's a year-round thing, Greg. It's it well, and constantly adding. It just keeps getting bigger. I know. I never take away. I keep on adding. It's like I think you need a second storage unit now for my Christmas. <laughs> it's getting out of control. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. It's getting sad. Um. Yeah, let's skip over this next one just because we have time at the end because we're going over. Okay. The, the Seahawks teased that they're bringing out a nineteen nine. They're bringing back the nineteen nineties jersey. Yes. For twenty twenty three, I guess a lot yep. of teams are doing throwback. I wish originally when we did the, the the third jersey, the grays. Yep. I was hoping that instead of that gray jersey, they would do the throwback. Yeah. But one thing they said, like back when I played, you weren't allowed to use more than one helmet in a year. Like, they could only use the blue helmets. They couldn't, like, use three different helmets. Like, you had three different blue helmets, but you couldn't, like, keep on, like, you couldn't switch game to game and use, like, the silver helmet and then a light blue and then a dark blue. That's they thought weird. it was a, a player safety thing. Okay. Always changing helmets. Anyways, now they changed that rule because, you know, the inside of helmets now are, like, custom made for each player in the NFL. So, anyways, when they said the 90s jerseys are coming back, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that the jerseys from 77 all the way up till, what was it, 2003? Yeah, something, yeah. Something like that. It was early, two, very early yeah. 2000s. I thought that was just the same jersey, to be honest. It, it's funny that it's, you say that because if you think about it, that I think everyone would think of the exact same jersey, but you're right, it has changed. Like I kind of think of three eras of jerseys. It's like that original blue one, and then like the light blue one, and now the dark blue one. Yeah. So when I went back, it was very small. It was like the like the the Seahawk was on the shoulder at one, and then it got taken off, and the lines. Anyways, when you think of those three eras of jerseys, when you think of the original 
the original blue, what's the first name that comes to mind? Steve Largent. Steve Largent. Absolutely. Steve Largent. When you think of the middle, the baby blues. Uh, Hasselback or Alexander. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at, too. Also, Walter Jones was in there a little oh, bit. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. Um, for me, definitely, when I think of that one, I think of John Ryan because uh, I am John Ryan. <laughs> so I think of me wearing that jersey would only be a normal reaction as well as the dark blue. Well, if you said I was waiting for you to ask for the third, and that's where I was going to throw old J9 oh. in. I was waiting because that's what I associate you with is is the current the current ones. Okay. Uh, and then the dark blue, besides me. Besides you? Uh, Russell Wilson or Marshawn Lynch? Uh, yeah. It's so hard not to just like group in a whole bunch of guys from that whole era. Or right the Legion there. of Boom, yeah. Exactly. I think like Legion of Boom, Marshawn, Russ. I mean, there's so many guys. But yeah, I think, I think Russ kind of comes to mind first. I, I mean, I just think he has to in that time. But... I mean, you you go back, yeah. I, it's it's definitely different eras, and and I think of when I think of those jerseys, I think I think Hasselbeck, but I also think Holmgren, like Holmgren yeah. is associated with those as well, like that whole time that transition from you know g- what really started the Seahawks being a respectable team for you know a long time. Another one that came to mind right away when I saw those original blues coming back was uh, uh Boswell, Bosworth or Boswell. Bosworth. Uh, Bosworth. I, can, I can I can screw up anyone's name, dude. It's, it's, it's a skill. On here, I said Jason Samoa. Jason Momoa. I I it was so funny you said that because that's the one time I haven't corrected you on a name, and then I listened back and I was like, oh shit, he said Momoa. Because <laughs> I, I went and looked it up after, I was like, oh, it is it is Momoa, right? It is, but you, yeah, when you I said, said it, Samoa. I just laughed as like it's a constant thing of just just adding a different name, like the like the Girl Guide cookies, Samoans, no, yes. Samoas, Samoans? Samoas, Samoas. That's a oh whole race God. of people. See, I have problems with I have problems with Greg and Craig, uh, <laughs> Thomas and Thompson, um, Johnson and Johnston. Obviously, everyone has problems with those, but Eileen and Laureen. Um, there's a whole list of names that I cannot, I, I can look at people right in the eye. I, start, I know Greg, I know your name now, but I can look at people right in the eye and be like, I don't know if your name is Greg or Craig. I call bullshit. When have you ever been in, in an Eileen Loreen situation? <laughs> Kids hockey. I, no, Irene and Eileen. Irene and Eileen. It was Irene and Eileen. Two of my friends, two of my best friends when I was like eight years old on a hockey team, their one's name was Irene and one was Eileen. That's ridiculous, but yes, it really I, is. you but, are, but you are uh, great at, at names. It's one of my favorite things about uh, the show is when you introduce a new name. I could screw up anything, <laughs> name-wise. Oh, that's funny. I have a few talents we already talked about today, and that's drinking. Yes, you are. Okay, speaking of Russell Wilson, what the fuck is up with Russell Wilson? <laughs> oh my god, dude. Okay, so... I have seen some things that blow me away, and I want you, you have to hear this, and I just want to hear your reaction on this. So number one, someone has started a TikTok channel that every single week they update it, and they say this series is how long does it take for Russell Wilson to throw as many touchdown passes as he has bathrooms in his new house? <laughs> have you seen it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, and he's like, uh, this week? Russell threw no touchdown passes, so he remains at five. And as far as I know, Russell and Sierra have not 
installed or taken out any bathrooms in our house, so that remains at 12. Yes. He is at eight touchdown passes in 12 bathrooms, and we are this far. I never thought it could be this bad. But, okay, so here's the other thing. I listened to someone break down what is going on with Russell Wilson and or or the, the future of the Broncos, and this is crazy. So after next year, his extension officially kicks in. His extension oh, hasn't even boy. started. So in 2023, uh, or next year, if they were to cut him, they owe him, his salary is $22 million. His dead space money to the Broncos would be $110 million. That's crippling. That's in absolutely crippling. 2024, he makes $35 million. If they cut him, they'd owe him $85 million dead money. Then in 2025, his salary is $55 million with a dead space hit of $50 million. And in 2026, his salary is $58.4 million. So they're stuck with him for five years. There's nothing you can do unless something happens and the salary cap goes up to $400 million. Dude, I cannot, I never thought that this would be so bad. I don't understand it. And his teammates are losing it with him now. Well, there, I, there's a lot of, I, guess, I guarantee there's a lot of talk in that locker room. I will say a guy, one of the defensive players kind of walked by and got in his face a little bit. And, and a football player, honestly, it was, I guarantee he was, Russ, let's fucking go. Like, let's fucking get this going. Like, I almost yeah. guarantee you that's what was said, which happens in a football game on the sideline maybe a hundred times a game. It's like there's so much emotions in football. It's just that the camera caught it, and then it was his quarterback, and it was like from a member of the defense. It just looked it looked bad, but I guarantee you that that particular exchange is a one out of a hundred big deal in the locker room. I think there's probably a lot of other things going on in the locker room that's a bigger deal about people talking about him, whispering behind his back, being like, "What the hell is going on?" You know, because I honestly thought this was going to be like a two or three week thing, and he'd figure it out, and it just hasn't. And now you, now you start to look at uh, Hackett, the off- offensive coordinator. He's still there, right? Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you get rid of him, you're throwing away the whole season. It's just like a, it's a wasted season. But I don't know how you continue on. This is insane. Not only that, but it, this is right as it stands right now. The Seahawks are ending up with the number three overall pick. Okay, wait. Say that again. Oh, really? The trade. As if the season ended right now, the Seahawks would have the number three and the number 16 pick in the first round. That's crazy. Yeah. And, 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 and right now, a better quarterback. And, and a much better quarterback. That's making a few million, probably. Yeah. That's the other question is how much is G- what's going to happen with Gino? Are they going to franchise him? Are they, is he going to take a discount? Like he's been waiting a long time. What happened? Does he get big quarterback money? Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, quarterback, it, you, you're not scared. What's, you know, 32, 33? Yeah. It's not, that's not a scary age for a quarterback. If it's a running no. back, he's put out the pasture. Yep. If it's a receiver, you say he's got maybe two years left in him and so on. But as a quarterback, you're like, oh, he could play for, he could play at a high level for three or four, five, seven more years. So do you think you try to sign him? Because if they don't, if they franchise cap him, he'd be making like thirty nine million next year. Yeah, no, I think it's. Uh, I think there's probably an in between number that probably works for both sides on about like a three year contract. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to commit the entire future to him, but at the same time, I don't want to give him forty million a year. So I think there's probably a number in there. You know, three for sixty, three for fifty, something like that. 
I I I knew you know this trade. I I when this season started, I thought it was a a very big gamble, and and I thought that Russ was going to continue doing what he was doing, and and sh- you know, and honestly do well. And it this trade couldn't have turned out any better for the Seahawks. They look like the biggest geniuses of the <laughs> entire NFL right now. They really do. I mean, think like Russell just isn't you now all of a sudden a bad quarterback. Like that that talent is still in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this have to he. I don't know if he has to find it. He has to. The, the coordinators have to find it. The head coach has to find it because it's not the the talent hasn't disappeared in a five month, six month, seven month off season. The talent's still in there. Can you ever but, remember or a, a bigger fall off than this, or something with so many eyes on it that has turned out so bad? No. Not not off the top of my mind. I mean, they. I, I read someone said maybe it was someone in the athletics said that it has the potential to be the worst trade in NFL history. Well, with the contract they gave him, yeah. I mean, what it yeah. could do to the that I never thought in a million years that them um, signing Russell Wilson could actually destroy the franchise for the next four or five years. And what if they go out with that third pick next year and find another gem? Like, what if they find like the next Marshawn Lynch or, I mean, this is all big ifs, but what if they find another Metcalf or what if they find just an absolute stud in that position? Cause I mean, there's, there's plenty available at number three. There's a lot of it. They could, they could, that. They could find the next franchise quarterback to sit for a couple years behind Gino. I mean, there, there's yeah. so many options on what they could do. And then they have their next, they have their first round for the next two years after that. <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it, it could go from bad to worse. Like it could get, it really could be the worst trade of all time, but you know, I, I'm still not like maybe I've given up given up hope on Russ this year that he's just going to turn around and, like win. I think even if they win out, I don't know if they have a shot. Aren't they like three and eight now? Yeah, they're they're not. Their their season is is a, yeah. is done. So it's on to next year, but I, I still think that there's a good chance he can come back next year and you know be the quarterback of old. Because I, I mean, I just I, I as I said, I don't think the talent is just gone; it hasn't disappeared. Although it looks like it, but it just it, it has to be in there, and, and it gives him a chance, I guess, to prove you know he's going to have to take a year in an off season, and he's either going to rise back up and you know put himself back where he where he's shown that he can play and where he thinks that he should be, uh, and and work with that team for a whole year, and you'll just I guess see what happens. But yeah, this year has been an absolute disaster. Yeah, I never in a million years thought we'd talk about Russ so many times on the pick sticks, but it just no. keeps on coming up because it's just like an uh, uh, unfortunate topic, but I still love the guy. I hope he can turn it around. But big deal going on around this Thanksgiving also has been the World Cup. Have you been watching the World Cup? I have. I have been watching. Not not as much as I thought I would, but I've watched the yeah. I've watched the USA games. I actually watched the Canada game uh, just, just for you. Um, but it's been, uh, soccer wise, it's been, it's been pretty awesome. Soccer wise. Yeah. But, um, it was, it's a big deal because Canada, as I've said before, they haven't been in it since 86. So on Wednesday morning, we got to go watch. That's the reason we went early to Palm Desert as well. So I could go watch the, uh, the Canada play and they played a great game against Belgium, lost one, nothing. Uh, they're right now they're officially eliminated. It's up one more game, but it was a huge deal. Last game, they finally scored a goal, their first ever goal in the world cup. That's so cool. Babies, which is also like the poster boy for soccer in Canada. Yeah. And so it was just a mass. Even though we got killed after that by Croatia, it was just really cool. I was going crazy uh, watching that goal. So Canada's out. USA has moved on, which is going to be really cool 
to move on to the uh, round of 16 is going to be it's, pretty cool. It's awesome for the the, the rise of the U.S. Uh, you know national team over the last 12, 12 plus years to to where they're at now. I mean, to actually being able to you know compete on that stage has been really cool to see. It's really fun to watch. <laughs> Also, going into like next four years from now, being hosted in North America with it being in Mexico, Canada, and the U.S., uh, which makes a lot more sense to put in a guitar. Um, <laughs> the corrupt, the corruption in this thing. I, I don't want to get too deep into it, but when they won this bid, which is crazy, um, they had one stadium in the country of Qatar that like could host it. I yeah. looked up this morning. My brother and I were talking in the USA. There's 143 stadiums with more than 40,000 seats. Yeah. So the, don't get me wrong. Not, not all of them can host the World Cup. There, there's baseball stadiums in there. There's college stadiums that aren't. But they had one. We had 143. It just doesn't even see like the other side of it, of everything we talked about too, the amount of money they spent to do this, it just doesn't make sense. I don't even know how it makes sense to, to build seven stadiums for an event for a month that over time when it comes we've talked about this before the olympics and things like that like they do not help long term it's a bad investment yeah even even i don't even like a couple of them they're taking down right away after yeah like which, which like, makes it's, no it's, sense i i feel like they should you know almost with the olympics and I, they should pick like two or three sites and that's it and that's where they go every time and that's what they're for and they're built to support it and i just think that that would be so much better for those for the olympics and the world cup yeah, I mean, I, I agree because like some of the, especially like the Summer Olympics. Have you ever read the list of um, uh, facilities you need to host the Summer Olympics? You need like it's badminton, insane. badminton gyms. You need wrestling gyms. You need like those weird shooting things they do and the bow and arrow crap. And then you get into like the stadiums where we're like field hockey and soccer and track and field. It's like the the list of facilities you have is really only places like L.A probably have almost all those set up but you go to a place like i I can't even remember some of the ones but i remember some of the winter ones where you do like a place like lillehammer where it's like a a little little town and they're having the olympics there um but i look back at some of the other ones and they show it and it's only been like eight years or ten years in some of these and it's like completely overgrown ready to just like tear down but they just didn't even bother even to tear it down just wasted the money i I just think that and 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 the reality is is the it's just how much bigger it's gotten, how much more people it involves. Like it, some of those things made sense 30, 40 years ago where it was the athletes and some cameras and that, you know, now it's just such a thing where the facilities and the expectations and the lodging and the food and the people, like, it just seems like if you had a couple of dedicated places, uh, I, it just seems to make sense to me that that's where it would be. It does. You know, what doesn't make sense is Josh Jacobs, Rushing for five million yards. It's God damn it. You're formerly six and four, now six and five. Seattle Seahawks. This is the game. Oh, go ahead. One hundred and nine of those yards were in overtime. God. Which which softens the blow about what you did in the regular or in the regular four quarters, but really brings into uh, account just like how tired the defense looked going into that overtime period. It is what I was going to say is this is the game that I think I was the most frustrated at all year. This is the first time I really found myself 
standing up, yelling at the TV. Like, just, I couldn't, that game hurt so bad to lose. Like, one, Josh Jacobs joins the great list of the uh, Taysom Hills and the Cordell Pattersons that have had career-defining games against us this season. Yep, they're about ready to put uh, Jacob Jacob's uh, jersey up there in the rafters, right next to uh, Cordell Patterson. God <laughs> damn famers. it! God, I'm yeah, so was... sick of these 500 yard performances by football players that are not that damn good. Then the, he added 74 uh, receiving yards to that. Yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. It was uh, definitely disappointing. I think you know. You start the game, uh, Diggs gets an interception uh, like 15 seconds into the game. Yep. And then we score a touchdown. I was like, I think we scored a touchdown 20 seconds into the game. And I just remember like thinking like, okay, cakewalk time, baby. And Pete Carroll always say, don't pass judgment. <laughs> the game's an hour long. It's four 15-minute quarters. You don't know if you're going to score that big touchdown 28 seconds into the game or with 28 seconds left in the game. Yeah. Just because it started off easy means crap. And, you know, they come back down, they score. And then Diggs gets another interception. I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go again. Like, I am such a fan now that I'm just, like, completely giving away all my uh, my knowledge as a player. I just go full <laughs> fandom. Full fandom now. Diggs is going to the Hall of Fame, too. And we're going to win by 50. Yeah. It just, it just felt like it re- this game really felt to me, Greg, is, and I think maybe that's part of why well, I think we we're ahead of where we, we were going to be. But I think this game really felt like kind of the growing pain still. And it really feels like now, at this point in the season, we're six and five, but it really feels like two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. And, and, and all, of is, those, all of those things that they had fixed over the last couple of games uh, came right back out. And, there, and I think some of it is just. I think that in many ways they are playing above not only expectations, but maybe above quite where they are right now. I think it's really easy to get excited. They've been in every game, but some of those things just reared their ugly heads again. The defense, it, it they got ran all over. They gave up 576 yeah. yards in mm. that game. They mm. gave up uh, Josh Jacobs. He had 74 receiving yards. We only had 65 rushing yards for the whole game. Oh, so I think I think the reality is is that as exciting as it is that some of these things are maybe should still be expected. We haven't fixed them all, and they're the team is good, and there's still there's still work that needs to be done. Yeah, late 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 turnover, fumble, five minutes left. There's the little things that just can't be done. And another thing is when we. They get the ball first in overtime. They come down. They miss the 56-yard field goal. We now have the ball in their 46. The second that field goal happened, I said, game over. Game over. We need, we need 15 yards to get a 57-yard attempt by Myers. When he's been so money this year, that's almost how for granted we take him to get 15 yards. I was like, there's no way they win this game now. I mean, no. in terms of Oakland or uh, Las Vegas, they're not never going to win this game. And I think that's the difference between these teams that are still going through growing pains, like this team right now, compared to the teams in 2012, 13, 14, 15. Like in that, when there's not one guy on that sideline back in the day that when they saw that field goal miss, they didn't say game over. Yeah. And honestly, there wasn't one guy on the sideline back in that day that if he hit the field goal, they'd have been like, why would you kick a field goal? You need touchdowns against us. Yeah. They would have still said game over. But yep. in that situation, it would have just been no doubt 
It would have been absolutely no doubt that we were going to win that game. And this, this team, it, it doesn't feel that way yet. Because even they're nope. still in good shape. They punt the ball back. They're starting the ball on their 14-yard line. We're still in good shape. Yep. You know, I mean, the game, we can play for a tie. We get the ball back, kick another. And then 86 yards. Whoop. That was painful. It was it was hard to see, and when they missed that field goal, I was like, "Man, we are going to do this." And then to see them just sputter out that way, it, that's exactly what my thought was. Like the difference between a a Super Bowl team and a and even a division winning team and and all of that is you do not lose those games. You don't lose them, and they made the mistake. And if we 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 got that stop, kick the field goal game over but you're right as soon as as soon as we sputtered out there i the same thing i was like i knew it was over i actually thought it might end in a tie i did not expect yeah i did too 100 yard run first play um the one that killed me though was the the fumble that we got the stop on them and then they called forward progress ended even though it was clearly a fumble that that was such a bullshit call that made no sense because they did that. That was either such a quick uh, stoppage of forward momentum. I don't think I've ever seen a play <laughs> called that quickly. And it was like they, it, it just seemed fishy to me because that ball, they didn't even review it. They just said, oh no, yeah. we said he was, his momentum was stopped. And he ran into the line, got rolled over, and the ball came out. There was no stop there. That, that happens five times a week and they it, they call it a fumble like that that happens all the time it, it, like that's that's not forward motion that, that's like and then they say because they they blew it dead and said that it was you you can review a fumble but you can't review forward motion yeah so what, what they so yeah. so so they hit him and then it rolled forward over the progress. ball came out and we had a clear recovery and then they showed the replay and he landed on top of the player and i'm like oh shit that's a fumble this game is over yep. And then instead of reviewing it, they said, oh, no, we didn't call him down. We said, forward momentum stop, not reviewable, keep the game going. I'm like, that and was you know, bull. It was bull. And, and the funniest thing about the NFL and, you know, even, even not only just being a fan, but as a player too, that call goes the way it should have been. And we, we're not bitching about any of this other stuff. Nope, it just, the it game's gets over. Brushed, it gets brushed under the rug and, you know, we're, 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 we're laughing. Also, you know, then Jacobs rushes for like, a hundred instead of two something, but yeah. uh, last week I was saying what a huge difference six and five to seven and four is. Yep. And they showed a stat during the game: uh, seven and four teams have a ninety percent chance of making the playoffs. Six and five teams make a thir- have a thirty three point three percent chance. So that's it. Just in that one game, your chance to make the playoffs historically. I, I don't know how far back they went. Something like the two thousand or something. Historically, losing that one game. Cuts the chance of making the playoffs by fifty seven percent. Yeah, I, I saw that exact stat and it made me think of you because you had said the same thing, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, that's that's exactly it right there." And it's just, think... it's tough game to lose. It really is. It's one where it's just the difference of of that team is when you just you just don't lose those games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, what was I going to say? I forget what I was going to say, Greg. It's all good. Something about bottomless mimosas, I think. <laughs> I, I, I have written down my sheet here. Drag brunch, bottomless mimosas. <laughs> what I was going to say is I, every week, not every week, but almost every week we've talked about completions plus rushing attempts. If you're 50 or over, you win the game. Well, in this yep. case, Seattle was right at 50 thanks to overtime. But if you look at it, they had sure they had 50. 
Oakland had, or Oakland. I still call them Oakland. Yeah, I do too. I can't help. The Raiders had 66. It, it, they also, the other, I mean, the thing that's frustrating too is I looked at like some of the other things were really good. Like we only had two penalties. They had seven. Yeah. Like the penalties look great. The, the, the stat that really stuck out and I think really was the difference of the game to me is third down conversions. Yeah. Oakland, uh, I said Oakland now. Las Vegas, eight for 14. Seattle, three for nine. I mean, you just three three third down conversions. That says pretty much everything you need to know. That it was the same as that over overtime drive. They just yep. they couldn't get it done, and and you can't give up five hundred and seventy six yards of you offense under no under no circumstance. Yeah, the, the the one of the biggest things in the, in football is on defense. You got to get off the field on third down. Offense, you got to keep the drive going on third down. And if you can't do that. You're putting a lot of stress in your defense as an offense or vice versa, and it just doesn't extend drives. You don't stop drives, and you don't win games. No, uh, we, we've said this so many times. When you go back to those teams, the 12, 13, like I remember the big difference was, one, they hadn't lost it. There was not a single game that the Seahawks had lost that was more than a seven-point loss. So every single game they had lost, they were in. And this is another case of that. But I just remember the difference was, those close one possession games when they started winning every one of those, yeah. that is when that is when that team was one of the best in the NFL. They were Super Bowl contenders and winners. It was that. It was not going to I, I remember the games that always used to drive me crazy. It was when they'd go to Carolina and they would lose to a shitty Carolina team for yeah. some reason. And and now these are the games that you cannot lose. You don't lose to Las Vegas. You you find a way to win those, and then that what that is where you become, you know, twelve, thirteen win teams. This this could be a real breaking point this weekend here in Los Angeles, play, playing the Rams. Uh, Rams have been struggling, but a divisional game uh, on the road it, it's tough to win. And I mean, it's going to be loud. It's going to be sold out. There there will be a lot of Seahawks fans there being in LA, but it's going to be a really tough game. I agree. And and this game I honestly think for this season is really a must win because I yeah. don't see them catching San Francisco if they lose nope. this game. Uh and realistically there are other teams in the NFC right now that are going to take those wild card spots if yeah. they lose this game. So this I think I think it's a, a must win. I also think the way the the new NFL last year by opening up the four, 14 playoffs from 12 and adding a 17th game, it does keep a lot of teams alive for a lot longer. Yeah. Yep. Like I mean, it, it, you don't realize what a huge difference is those extra two teams that one extra game is because whenever you look at anyone's thing, you're like, well, what if they win out their last five? Mm-hmm. Almost, almost anyone, unless you're you're, you're like three, four win team right now. Unless you're the Denver Broncos. Five, unless you're the Denver Broncos and your quarterback Russ <laughs> Wilson, uh, you don't. That doesn't rhyme, does it? No, it's all good. Russ Wilson. Sure. Anyways, I'm glad we didn't talk about this game for very long. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have interrupted you. My bad. Hopefully, uh, hopefully next week we'll be uh, more willing to talk about the game. Uh, real quick, uh, uh, you for anyone who does listen to the show, you will be uh, coming to Spokane uh, when you. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Um, Sarah and I will be in Spokane. Uh, the what the eighth, the ninth. The 8th, 9th, and 10th of yep. December. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the Spokane Comedy Club. Uh, I'll be there drinking 
uh, buying and receiving beers. Um, so if you want to go head to head, buckle I up. Will, I will also be there. So if you if you want to see, if you want to to hang out with us, we will we will be there. I will be there on the Friday night show. Craig Woodman will be there. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah, I, I think there's, I don't know if they're doing four or five shows over the course of the weekend, but Sarah and I will be at all of them. Obviously, Sarah will be performing all of them, and I'll be there as well. And, you know, we do meet and greet after. Um, I think people probably want to meet Sarah a lot more than they want to meet me, but I'll be there too if you want pictures or autographs or anything. We'll be there after every show. So buy your tickets at Spokane Comedy Club uh, on the web. Uh, if you can't find it, uh, ask your children to help you with the internet. <laughs> well, uh, good episode, man. I will. Uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks, but I'll uh, I'll talk to you next week. Go Hawks! Go Hawks!